Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the taxi centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. To be in a position coming out of the group stage that we're still involved going into the, the match playoff games is, is, is where we were after we lost to Denmark away. We realised that second place was the position that we had to aim for. Five consecutive victories have made sure that we've secured that one. The ultimate aim is, is still ahead. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! So we're off to Hamden in an hour and a half's time after the programme. Yep, Scotland are through to the playoffs. We did it on Friday night. And tonight it's up against the leaders. Undefeated Denmark this evening. Barry, can we do anything against the one of the favourites to win the World Cup? Yeah, the, yeah. the good thing is uh, the Danes are missing a number of their key players. Um, but the worry for me is there's a number of our key players on yellow cards um, so it'll be interesting to see what Stevie Clark does but listen the guys must be full of confidence um, I thought it was a real professional performance in Moldova thoroughly deserved the, the win and I take us to, to, to get the win tonight I know the Danes are a good team or a, a top team but listen we are we're looking apart just now. This time last week, Barry, we told everyone that Stephen Gerrard would be on his way probably to Aston Villa. That's happened. Who is going to be the new manager? Is it going to be Giovanni Van Bronckhurst? Well, that's um, that's what it looks uh, looks like. Um, Gio, listen, a top player. I know a top player doesn't make you a, a top manager. But listen, he had a good time in Firenode, the five trophies in, in four years. He fits all the cre- credentials. He, he's been a player at Rangers. He knows the demands and the expectations. Um, so it looks to me if he's a front runner for the job and I think it would be a, a wise move for Rangers. Mark, will he be in place for the weekend for the League Cup semi-final against Hibs because the backroom team at the moment is uh, untried at this level? Yeah, they've put uh, Jermaine Defoe and David McCallum and Brian Gilmer and, and Colin Stewart's already there as a goalkeeping coach. Um, that would suggest that it's maybe two or three days away um, Paul, but Giovanni van Bronckhorst is the front runner. Uh, he is the preferred candidate, and it's now getting down to the to the meat and bones of the deal. Not only his personal deal, what can he bring in backroom staff, and what can he do to retain the title with Rangers for me? He will want to know what he can do in January, and that will be an important part of the decision as well. All roads lead to Hamden tonight. There'll be 50,000 there. We're looking forward to the game. And someone that we know well who'll be at the match tonight is Lord Willie Hockey, great friend of the station, but also more importantly tonight of the late, great Bertie Hall. We got the news yesterday afternoon, Willie, um, and I know how sad you are. We knew that he had dementia, 83 years old, but suddenly Bertie's gone. Yeah, I think um, it was so sudden. From only being diagnosed about five months ago, Paul, to get the sad news on Sunday from his son Robert, um, but we'd, we'd we'd known it was coming for weeks and weeks, you know. But um, to see the outpouring of affection for the, not just the Celtic family but for fans in general across the world has been 
absolutely astounding. But uh, nothing less than he deserved. He was just, he was such a character. And nights like tonight, he would join you, wouldn't he, in your box at, at Hamden? Yeah, every time we're at Hamden, he was with us, you know, and obviously became a, a permanent fixture there and everybody around about got to know where he was and we're always looking out for, for his antics or to see what he was up to. So he'd be sadly missed, sadly missed. I heard you on the Go Radio News this morning. I heard you in Talk Sport with Jim White, Simon Jordan, and I re- well, everyone was touched by the emotion. Uh, Walter... Um, passing away just a couple of weeks ago and now Bertie. You made a point about Bertie that he was an ambassador to Celtic and how would you replace him at the moment? You can't replace him, but you were saying about the number of people would need be needed to do the things that he did. Well, Barry would tell you back in the day for the, the local lads, you know, they would be out at supporters' functions yeah. every Saturday night, you know, and partly towards the end of the season. And in, in the modern day player, obviously, to be fair to the players, a lot of the games are on Sundays now, so they can't go to functions. But for the last 25 years, I think Betty's covered the globe, you know, and going to Celtic functions. There's, there's not been a greater ambassador of Celtic Football Club than Betty Old in the last 25 years. Barry, way before your time, but you no, met it's him. It's interesting yep. that Wally says that when, when I was a young player coming through, um, we get made go to the yep. events. Um, the supporters functions um, that was part of it we would do it like three players at a time it would go in the numbers the squad numbers and that gives you like a closeness to the the fans who go and pay um, money to come and watch you um, so no that's um, that's something that I think sadly missing you don't see enough modern day football players go to the the fans um, events one of the last times he was on the radio was last year on the station here, Willie, which you helped to arrange it. And it was on the 25th anniversary of the... Uh, 30th anniversary of the 35th, in fact. When you think of the years go past so quickly, don't they, Willie? Of the anniversary of the death of Jockstein in Cardiff back in 85. And Bertie spoke um, with great affection about Jock and the things that Jock had said to them on that way to Lisbon. And when we went, we were on, we went to Lisbon. And we were walking on the pitch and Jock just says, now remember, be yourselves, but don't overdo it. So you could picture it, we were at the carry-on, Tig and all that, carrying, hitting each other with a ball. And, and, I, think that was only, and, I, and I think that was the only touch I got. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Bertie, wasn't it? The only touch I got. Yeah. Not true, but such a t- storyteller. You oh, must have quite a few. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, most of them have been said over the last couple of yeah. days, but uh, a couple. But b- before I said that, but I got a great, I got a fantastic call for Sir Alex Ferguson yesterday, who obviously battled with uh, Betty mm-hmm. in some of the old firm games in the sixties, and he says the best compliment I could play Bet- Betty Old is is that sixty years ago, the attributes that Betty Old had is exactly what you would build a team round, yeah. and it's still the exact same attributes today. He says Betty Old would walk into any team. And, and obviously people didn't know I mean he was five feet six and he was a size five and a boot you know but uh, yeah some of the, the stories Paul in fact I was reminded of one just in the way here probably one of the better ones he used to come as my guest to my, my table at Celtic Park and we'd have dinner before the game and when we when we Jenky was coming towards the end when he was really ill when he, when he could hardly use his hands uh, he came for, for lunch before one of the games and him and Bertie were sitting and Jimmy says look if you're up there, will you get me something to eat? This is true. So Jimmy goes up and there's lovely lamb chops. So anyway, Betty fills a plate, he brings it across to Jinky. So Jinky's just about finished and Betty's up there again and Jimmy shouts up, Betty, Betty, give us another couple of these lamb chops. So I need bother. So 
two or three minutes go by and the next thing the chef has got a hoodie Betty by the back of the neck and he's dragging him out and Betty shouts across to Jinky this is all your fault this is all your fault he says what is it he says I'm getting done for chop lifting <laughs> And that's a true story. That's a true story. That's a true story. That's right. The other one with the food is uh, um, (laughs) Jeff Ellis asked me, could I find a seat for um, for uh, Noel Gallagher when we played Man City in the in the game a couple of years ago? Anyway, he came to the table and before he sat down, Betty said to me, "Get him to get the soup. Get him to get the soup." Right, turn about He says, "Get." Get the boy, you get the soup. So I said, and I'm saying, you know, by the way, soup's magic. He's like, no, no, you're all right. I said, no, no, get the soup. So he comes in with his soup and he says, doing better. He goes, you want a roll with it? <laughs> we should have known where that one was going. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, there, there was one I, I seen the day about, what was it, in the tunnel with John Gregg about yeah. the win bonus. Tell us that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think Barry would want to tell that one. <laughs> one. No. John would want to tell that one. <laughs> John Gregg says to Bertie, was it what's six? your win bonus today? And Bertie says, three pounds, three pounds. What about you? And John says, ours is six pounds. Bertie says, no problem, at least ours is guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting mine. <laughs> hey, great story. Um, a great rapport with Big Greggy. Yeah, he did. Uh, and Willie Henderson, great <sighs> friends with Willie Henderson. Yeah. yeah. What kind of player then, for those who don't remember him, I remember him, the number 10, um, how would we describe him, his attributes on the pitch? I think he's the greatest attribute was his guile. Yeah. The way he read the game and the way, you know, he was the first guy I ever seen taking a throw and throwing it off a defender's back and getting the ball back. Yeah. I think he nearly got booked for it in, <laughs> in one of the European games. But no, he he read the game, he knew how the game worked. But, but it's funny, Kendall Gleish said to him this morning that what he was amazing for, in the old days, the old timers, like, they were all afraid that the kids were going to take their positions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Betty was amazing with the kids. Right? Amazing yeah. with the young players. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, obviously talking about the Quality Street gang, he said, but Betty, honestly, he says he gave me the best encouragement ever and he couldn't wait to see a bit of youth come into the team. Right? He's absolutely yeah. amazing. He's a real character. Amazing. But he did everything. Yep. You know, was he about eight and a half stone? You think you got yep. up with a truck if he tackled you, you know? Yeah. And what he was great as well is he always he always made it that everybody else was, you know, like Jinky was the best, Bobby Murdoch yes. was the best, everybody yeah. was the best. He was so, so humble. But if you ask them, if you, if you see the video yeah. of the 67 Cup final, I don't think anybody's ever dominated a game like that in their life the way that Betty Hall dominated that game. Here he is doing just that, speaking about the other players. When you think about it, Johnson and the Murdochs, Billy McNeil, you had everything. Tommy Gemmel scored more goals than any other fullback, and they weren't just tap ins. They were they lifted everybody, and I'll tell you, the big and the most important thing about our team was the people in the terraces and the stands was the support. Amazing, wasn't it? Was... I never I never seen him refusing to get a picture taken with anyone, yeah. do an autograph. It was great when when Henrik was in his prime and he knew if, if Jimmy and and Betty were coming to the game. He used to phone me and say to me, "Were you waiting the school for me?" So what for? He says, you walk out with him, he goes, and I can sneak out. <laughs> <laughs> he says, the fans don't notice me when Jinky and Betty's yeah. walking up. So, but he did a great report. In fact, there's a great video of Henrik presenting him with a, a special licence plate out there in, in YouTube. You know, when they, he got it was BA67 CFC, yep. and when Henrik was over for the Scottish Cup final last year, Tony in Yellow kindly bought this plate for him, and there's a great video of Henrik presenting Betty with a, with a plate. Aye. And he won, he won everything in the game only three Scotland caps but the European Cup they won everything in yeah, 67 I, 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 I was going to say it, that only what, three Scotland caps why was that? 
It was, a wee, it, was a, it was a wee bit like yourself, Barry, didn't he go on too well with the authorities? <laughs> I think he gets sent off in his first game. He was a disruptor, wasn't he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, he, he, he went to Celtic in 1955, so before everyone's yeah. time, and then they were worried about his, um, just his, his kind of attitude. You know, he was, he was, yeah. he was a, a boxer, He had an opinion. Tricks. He did. He had but, an opinion. And Sean Fallon, I think, played a role with Jockstein to get him back yeah. is that right with Bob Kelly yeah. and he said no he'll be a real attribute and, and uh, yeah. what a man yeah he fell out with Bob Kelly did he I yeah. think he had uh, at that yeah. time Celtic were going through a you know a rough patch and they yeah. were winning too many games and you know Betty was saying look why not try this try this and I think he had too much of an opinion I think maybe he fell out with Mr Kelly so it was time to leave I think he went to Dumbarton at first on, on, mm-hmm. on loan and then he came back and went to Birmingham. But obviously reached the European uh, Fair Cities Cup, I think it was back then yeah. final. Your old yeah. club, Barry. Yeah. In Birmingham. He was, yeah, uh, he was a blue. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I was, uh, obviously, I was watching Sky and obviously everybody talking about it. I didn't realise that he played such an important role um, at one of my former clubs. Yeah. And he, he sang the Celtic song in the tunnel before Lisbon and uh, on the way out. And I think the Italians couldn't believe it, could they? These tall, uh, handsome uh, Italians, seeing these wee Scots. You know, he was 5'5", five five, as you mentioned earlier on. Is it true, Willie? Did he win everything, including a BAFTA? Yes, he was asked when they, they made a film a few years ago, a short yep. play about Celtic, he was asked to come accept the BAFTA yep. and he'd, he'd done a speech like Robert De Niro. <laughs> so he, played the, he was a major part in the, in the film, whatever. But yes, he, he, he did. And I think some people don't know, see that famous story about the singing in the tunnel uh, in Lisbon. He'd done that because he thought that some of the guys looked nervous and he thought they looked over odd. Celtic guys. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to make sure that the Italians didn't see that and he just got everybody lifted. And Big Billy told me that, you know, years after it, he says, so the wee man, again, just for saying that's that bit of guile. Understand or something. Very clever. Very clever. Very clever. clever. Mark, we love the competition between the green and the blue, Celtic Rangers. People like Walter Smith, Bertie Old, yeah. and they, they love to beat each other's team. But the camaraderie and the respect there is for these people is just phenomenal. Isn't yeah. it? And you, 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 you knew both of them. I, I mean, uh, Bertie was great. I'd um, been in his company a few times and, and Willie, um, with Willie. And uh, you know, Willie mentioned Willie Henderson there. And the, yeah. the great, I mean, honestly, a privilege of, of, of hosting a couple of Q&A nights with Willie Henderson and Bertie Old as a guest. And Did you get a word lovely, in? No, what was lovely to see was the friendship and respect between the two. And what I always love about, about players from that generation, you're talking about about John Gregg and Willie Hendersons and all those guys, was if once they met you and you told them, you're, you're, hello, I'm Mark, whatever, they always remembered you, they always called you by your name. They were yeah. just so well-mannered. You know, it was never... Yes. Mate, I, I, yeah. you know, they were just they were so well-mannered. And um, I remember... Uh, Stirling Petrov's golf day at the Belfry 2017 I think it was and it was um, Stevie Hawthorne and Pat Knotts brought Bertie Downs a special guest and he played and he stole the show I mean Dimitar Berbatov was there Henrik Lassman was there Martin O'Neill was there and Bertie stole the show in a lovely way just with his stories and also he felt at home being back in Birmingham and he could tell the story of the Birmingham City fans and the Villa fans as well but he absolutely stole the show and professionally I interviewed him in uh, when I was with BT Sport when Celtic played into Milan under Ronnie Dyler season 2014-15 and the interview sticks me forever it was just in a wee studio and we started talking about Lisbon and obviously Jinky had, had, had passed away mm-hmm. and they get very emotional 
and very tearful just recalling the friendships that he had and some of these these teammates that, that he'd lost already um, by that stage but he was just he was a generous people said everybody said it today he was one of the best and I think Willie said for what he's given to Celtic and the Celtic supporters over the past 25 years there's nobody else absolutely nobody else that comes close to, to Bertie Alden that front Phenomenal isn't it It's, it's funny yep. um, Mark's saying about how he how he dominated Ali McCoy's for me yesterday oh. he was really upset he knew Bertie well he said well I need to tell you a story he says when I was playing he says uh, Chick Charlie phoned me and he says my sister's opening a hairdresser's it must be up Mary Hill yep. or Post or whatever he says and I've got I've got Bertie coming Ali will you come he says, I'm no kidding you. He says, no, I'm, I'm in my prime at the time and I think I'm smart. He says, he was playing keep you up with me for an hour. He says, always to God, every time I try to be clever, he just done me. <laughs> he says, but, but what, what a character. I seen him, Paul, the, the, the first measure I got of how much the fans loved him was, I seen him as a guest of honour at the Celtic Supporters Convention in Las Vegas. And I'm not kidding, he must have got a 17-minute standing division. Wow, unbelievable! That was that was how high regard he was held in. That was two numbers he loved, wasn't it? That was one, <laughs> one of the one of the things in social media. I saw it today, and seven and one, and, and, that, and that came in in the gag that that he did. Seven. He was some man, and Willie, you you'd see him a lot. You see the family, and just a couple of years ago, things that people didn't realise that he would go and see Tommy Gemmell, for example, another you know, giant who passed away a few years ago. Bertie was up visiting. All the time. Bertie's been the glue that's kept the lines together for the last 25 years and I, I can tell you I'm sure Robert's son will not mind me telling you this but when Jimmy was ill when, when Jimmy was housebound probably for the last seven months his life Bertie went every single day to see him every single day when Tommy Gemmell was, was in, in the home not far from here for maybe the last 28 days I don't know how, how long Tommy was in Bertie went every single day Every single day, you see him, and uh, that's that's just the way that he was. You know that these, it's like when you get together with these guys, it really was like a family. And and mm. Betty thought that he was, you know, he was a he was a patriarch. He had to make sure that everybody was okay. Amazing character, Barry, isn't it a privilege to hear about? Yeah, I, I love 15. listening to all the, yeah. the, the the kind of stories. Look, I never seen him play. I've, I can only go back and watch on YouTube. I mean, it was yeah. before my time, but listen, you you just see the. Everybody talking about him, and then Willie's coming up with a few stories. And Mark told us a, f a few stories when he was down at the Belfry, which I enjoyed in the studio. Um, but listen, he was a top player, wasn't he? Great to be so fondly remembered. Well, can you stay with us a wee? I know you've got to go to the game. Yeah. Will you stay till after the break? Absolutely, yeah, no stay problem. for a wee bit more. Go Radio Football Show. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Thanks Chris for the traffic and travel. Yep, on your way to the game tonight. 7.45 kickoff. Scotland against Denmark. It's going to be some atmosphere this evening. We're heading to the game straight after the show. Lord Willie Hockey will be going shortly to the match. Mark as well. Barry and I will be uh, watching it as well tonight. Um, we're just wondering what's going to happen, mind you, mm. because so many, what, eight players are just one booking away from missing the playoff, Barry. That's a, that's yeah, a problem. That, yeah, that is a problem. Um, and I'm sure Stevie Clark's maybe going to leave some of them out. I don't like the rule. Listen, when you get into the playoffs, the booking the booking thing should be scrapped. Um, but if you look at the players that are on it, obviously, Billy Gilmer, big Massive mm. player for Scotland, Andy Robertson. He's our captain, Jack Henry. 
um, has come in and done really well over the last four or five games and John McGinn I mean he's been Mr Scotland for the last uh, two years so that's something that's certainly been the, the back of the manager's mind because um, the players that I just mentioned are big, big players for Scotland. Steve Clark has done so well in this tournament for us, Mark, hasn't he? As he did in the Euros. But you gave us the pathway a few months ago after the Denmark game when we thought, we're not going to make it. What is the pathway tonight to be in a seeded position? A, a, a win? Yes. Yeah, a win and a draw will guarantee it. But a defeat and you might still get it. Right. You might still, but you want to try and get something um, from, from the game. Um, but it is a big decision. I have to say, if I'm putting myself in Steve Clark's shoes... I'm leaving out three or four of those guys because mm. the playoff you've made the playoff now and you're going into a draw it's the luck of the draw for me I'm not risking Gilmore particularly John McGinn mm. who's you know he's prone to a yellow card he's, because that's the type of game that he played I'm not meaning that um, to, to in a critical um, way Shea Adams is one of only two of our main strikers so not tonight I'm certainly if it's me Billy Gilmore Andy Robertson Jay Adams and John McGinn, I'd leave the phone number out and wouldn't have them play any part at all tonight. Willie? I don't think Stevie Clark's that sort of manager. No, I think he'll play them. Yeah, just go he for might it. not play them all, but I don't think that he'll do mm. that. But what I think he will do is he'll say to guys like John McGinn, there's no need, right? There's no need. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you've got a wee well, bit, you know, game intelligence, but no, there's no need for tackling, there's no need whatever. But I think the creative side of these guys. I think you want to keep the momentum going and I know that Denmark have got a few players missing but I don't think Stevie Clark will want to end the campaign with a defeat so I think he might have them kind of walking in eggshells a wee bit but I, I think he'll play most of them Here he is speaking about the yellow cards Just try and win the game against Denmark we're not the only country in that position it's just the nature of the competition you pick up yellow cards players at the top level who play a lot of matches are used to playing matches with a, a yellow card suspension hanging over them we just deal with it as we can, like I said before, as long as we get a, a normal referee, uh, the, the players are experienced enough to know how to handle the situation. So that's that's how we'll approach it. Was and the, there's, a, there's also the fact that the yellow cards carry all the way through. So you could try and protect some and then pick up yellow cards in the Denmark game, pick up yellow cards in the first playoff game, get to the playoff final and, and have the same scenario. So there's also four months to March. It's a long time in football. Well, we'll tell you in about an hour's time, just over an hour's time, Joe Henry is at Hamden and we'll go live for the team as soon as it comes out. Go Radio Football Show. And let's go on the lines. Uh, Gary from the Gorbals is on and he wants to speak about 10.30, about Bertie. Good evening, Gary. Good evening, Paul. Good evening, panel. Hi, Hi Gary. Gary. Hi, Gary. Yeah, yeah so basically, um, talking about Mr Celtic, um, yeah. my favourite line, uh, in my opinion, I think it was just everything that embodied Celtic. Um, and I know the guys have already been talking about some of the stories that I was, <laughs> I was going to kind of say um, about the John Gregg story. Um, unfortunately, I can't tell the Tiny Wharton story. Um, but, uh, I think everybody's heard it, Gary. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, as I say, he was that kind of guy. You could you could listen to him all night, and and probably one of my regrets is although I met him a few times, and I was actually is my manager um, for a charity game I think years years ago at Celtic Park um, you know my regret would be that I didn't get him on my Celtic podcast and mm. obviously when you know when he get diagnosed and, and I thought well that's that because I feel like it would be sort of intrusion to, to try and get him get a hold of him do you know what I mean like um, so it was just that kind of way yeah he was some man he, he, he didn't ever refuse interviews if he could then that must have been so tough for him and for the family then because he was just so sharp 
you're one of the fastest people wit-wise Bertie was that must have been particularly tough for him yeah yeah he was and um, obviously Gary said he was his hero but I think um, one, of, one of the the better stories where I had a wee go at him I went one night with him to the Dumbarton Harp Celtic Supporters Club down in Dumbarton there must have been about 400 people they're on the rafters and everything <laughs> and I'm not kidding you people were sitting on the floor me and him I was on the board at the time and the two of us had microphones and he got up and he says and he had everybody eating out his hand and he said he goes I have the only distinction I'm the only Celtic player ever to sign for the club three times and we're all cheering and rapping. and I says but Betty that means I get rid of you twice <laughs> <laughs> so I got a slap right behind the ear for that one but yeah. uh, Gary it's just a shame you didn't get him on the podcast because I'm, I'm sure everybody would have enjoyed it oh, listen, I listen I had I had Jackie McNamara on um, a couple of weeks ago talking about his book and honestly yeah. like, I mean I could have spoke to Jackie for hours I could have probably spoke to Betty all night I mean um, you know when, when you look at his forgetting his, his stats and the, the trophies that he's won and obviously two European Cup finals I think um, as I say like I, I, I played in a charity match at Celtic Park years ago um, and he was the gaffer and, and we were in the, the home dressing room and he was like giving the team talk and he's saying now listen boys you know it's not a Champions League just go out and enjoy yourself nobody get injured nobody fly into chances and he turned around and he's like see if you don't win like uh, don't come in don't come back into dressing room um, I apologise. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But, just um, as long as you win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, and, and that's the kind of guy he was. Just, just the, the place was in an uproar, and <laughs> and uh, and as I say, like uh, I really missed him. But yeah. the, the 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 thing that annoyed me last night when the news broke, and I went on and done a kind of Facebook live on the page, was the the lack of coverage, I suppose, on Sky Sports especially, because it seemed yeah. like the more interest in the cricket and it seemed like if you're not English... But know, to be fair, Gary, it was just it's breaking in a, a Sunday afternoon and there's been a lot on about him today. Listen, we'd want to hear from... Let's get a final... Uh, listen to Bertie when he came on this station last year and he was speaking about some of the, some of the highlights. What was Jock's... Team talk before the big one, before the European Cup. Can you remember what his advice was before you guys went on to the pitch? No, I can't even remember exactly what it was. But the big thing about him was he was he was, he was a shrewd cookie. Honestly, when he was in the reserve coach, everybody was wondering what he was up to, and it was something different all the time. And we went to um, Lisbon, and we were walking on the pitch, and Jock just says, "Now remember, be yourselves, but don't overdo it." Yeah. So you could picture it, we were at the carry-on, Tig and all that, carrying, hitting each other with a ball. And I think that was only touch I got. <laughs> 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 but as you can appreciate, in the dressing room, they turned around and they said to each and every one, it's a very special game. And you David deserved it because each and every one has worked hard. And then we know that you're capable. Let's make sure we entertain. And this is he's always his work. Entertain. You have the ability. Entertain. These people have spent good money to see you entertain. And it was a very same. It never changed anything in, in Lisbon. You know what I mean? And the big thing about it was he always made sure that when, when we were coming in touch with Inter Milan or any other team, 
It was because we had we were a bit immaculate, the dress and everything and everything like that. And what we would do, we'd, we'd tell each other funny stories and the laughter and everything. And it was very true. It actually knew how to unwind you and make sure that whenever the game with the referee blew the whistle, that that was you changed. You're now professional. Let's see you getting on with it. When you think about it, Johnson and the Murdochs. And the olds. Yeah, I was too old. <laughs> and anyway, but as you can remember, Lennox, you know, and, and you had John Clark, you had Billy McNeil, you had everything. Tommy Gemmel scored more goals than any other fullback, and they weren't just tap-ins. They, were, they lifted everybody. And I'll tell you, the big and the most important thing about our team with the people in the terraces and the stands with the supporters. And entertain the fans. That's what he... He was doing it right up to the end, wasn't he, Willie? You know, the fans, long after he came off the field of play in Amazing. 1970. The rapport yeah. that he had with the fans, I've never seen. I've never seen it. I've never even seen it with Jinky. You know, obviously they adored Jinky, but Betty had this aura about him. It was like a Pied Piper. You know, you come to Celtic Park with him and... It would, it would take an hour and a half to get to the Cardinal. He walked 150 yards. The people, the people loved, him. and everybody knew him. He'd been everywhere, you know. And so, you're out our Celtic supporters doing Sky or somewhere in Luton or everywhere you went. Somebody knew him. They did a story, but uh, unbelievable. But he he was Mr. Celtic. The last 25 years, he was Mr. Celtic. It was so, when you saw him, as well, I just can visualise him, Willie, with the the green Lisbon lines oh, yep. blazer. But he was so proud. He was so proud yep. to be a part of Celtic Football Club and for the things he achieved and not in an egotistical way. Just like to be a part of it and knowing that as he was saying that whether you were entertaining, you were giving pleasure to tens of tens of thousands of fans while he was on the plane as a pitch and then latterly, you know, doing an ambassadorial bit and being at Willie's box or whatever it may it may be. But he was just so proud and you could, and, and no wonder when you mm. look at the, the career that he had. And look what he did in management as well. You know, I remember him when he was a manager at Partick Thistle and he won a title with Thistle. He was manager at Hibs as well. He took them back up, didn't he? And then he went back to Aki's. Um, they went back then to Thistle. He was at Dumbarton for a short time. We're getting loads of messages coming in just now about uh, the late, great Bertie Old. I, th- I think as well, Paul, it's not the great story. I think it's Hugh Keevans actually that, that tells it and the, the, the journalists yep. from that generation that for how when he was Partick Thistle manager, they would have a lock-in after the game, but it wasn't the press conference. You just gone and you'd have a few drinks. I said, the next thing there's a there's a phone call uh, came into Fur Hill when he was manager of party. So you'll need to turn the the floodlights off. They'd left the floodlights. It was about half ten at night. It was in, it was interfering with the pathways for Glasgow Airport. For the right. They turn they turn the floodlights off. They were sitting and he was holding court at half past ten on a Saturday How night. How days have changed? Press. I'll need to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> great, great story when he was coming to end his career at Hibs. Uh, he ended up when he was coaching, and back in those days, obviously because of budgets, he was also the sponge man. Yep. So, <laughs> so John Blackley gets tackled across. It's a right badging. Right, and Betty runs across with the bag. He's got the sponge. Right, it's John Blackley's legs lying open. Yep. Right, and he goes, "Oh my God!" And he goes into the bag. And he brings out a wee bottle of brand. <laughs> John Blackley says, "What about me?" He says, "Oh, I need that. Your legs in some mess." Bertie drank the brandy. But it's a wee bit different now. Yeah, sports science. I might take a couple of day things up. No, I love as I said that I love listening to all these sort of stories. It's it's brilliant. But how how times have changed there? Yeah. 
Because you do say that with the players these days. You know, you've got to watch. It's like life yeah, in general. You know, we want to treat people well. You do too. But it's a competitive sport you're in that Bertie was in. You don't win by not being committed and giving everything. Yeah, you've got to be committed. You've got to, listen, it should be a given yep. that you work hard and, and earn, earn a victory. Um, but it's, listen, it's modern day society. The, the, the game's changing. Um, now it's a... a in terms of coming in after a game, if you're disapp- we're disappointed with a performance or whatever, you need to watch what you say, Paul. Sometimes you yeah. can't get through them. Um, as I, I didn't mind, uh, I had a few things said at me, I had cups thrown at me off my head mm-hmm. if, if things didn't go well, but that doesn't happen now. No. I mean, Walter and Archie and that gave you yeah, some Walter of your... just had to look at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, you, were, you knew, sorry, you were in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the very, very first signs I ever got of of um, Bertie's impish behaviour yeah. was uh, back in the in the dark days in the in the early nineties when Celtic were going through a rough time when the club was struggling. We ended up with a, a gentleman called Terry Cassidy as mm-hmm. chief executive, and during that period, uh, Bertie and Jinky and Bobby Murdoch, God rest them all. Um, were used in the hospitality. They would go in the boxes yeah. and make sure the guests were okay. So one Saturday after a meaningless game, I think we drew one each or something with Dumbarton or something, the guys had been going around the boxes up at the top of the, the main stand. And the three of them were ambling along the corridor and they went by a security guy who was standing who knew who they were, right? And so the three of them were, they'd been enjoying the hospitality, yeah. let's say, right? <laughs> and they were there ambling along, right? Yeah. They looked like the three elephants in the jungle book, right? <laughs> and Terry Casty walked past them Right, and was obviously a wee bit annoyed that none of them moved it away. Anyway, he walks back to to the security guy and says, uh, "Excuse me, who are these gentlemen?" So the boys are kind of a bit sheepish. Doesn't say anything. So Terry Gasly shouts to the freedom, "Excuse me, excuse me, gentlemen, who are you?" And the freedom slowly turned round, and Bobby quiet goes to say something. Then Jimmy goes to say something, and Betty turns around and says. Or friggin' legends, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I cleaned that up, Paul. You did, I know. I'm not afraid to say it. And, and that's a true story. <laughs> and do you know, I hear what you said about your Scotland caps and Barry was asking why only three caps? So yeah. they didn't like it. They didn't like the fact that he would question, yeah. you know, the way I, things were. I, I think, to be honest, he would tell yourself he didn't cover himself in glory. I think he gets sure. sent off in the first game. Uh, um, and I think that uh, that didn't back in those days, mm. you no know, people there was committees and all that kind of picking the team, you know. And I think there was a few of them, um, you know, thought that it was no at sure. the time it was not right. Yeah. Gary, listen, thanks very much for calling in earlier on. Uh, Paul Lambert was on Sky there, and he was on here talking about it, and so many people. He was the glue you mentioned. We'll come back to him just before we go because I know you're going shortly to the game. Uh, what do you think for Scotland? It does sound as though he's going to play. A strong team we'll know in about an hour's time. Um, business show will be back soon, will he? Yeah, 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 this Sunday. Yeah, it's been great. great. We've had a wee break, you know, yep. because he cop 26. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Overall, think it was good for Glasgow, cop 26, the attention of the world being here? Yeah, I do. I, unfortunately, I think that, um, you know, the, the local shops and businesses yeah. didn't get the Klondike they thought they were going to get. I think yeah. it was the opposite, actually. So that was that was a bit disappointing. But hopefully we're all looking to the future now and uh, hopefully the people will be talking about the Glasgow Protocol in many years to come. Of course. And uh, what about Rangers then? By Sunday, 
Rangers will be in action. We will be on air, of course, Celtic in the Cup semi-final Saturday, Rangers on Sunday. Who's going to be the Rangers manager? For me, yep. I think uh, do you, uh, Van Bronckhorst, I think, is odds-on favourite at the moment. I think uh, Rangers, I think, have moved very swiftly after um, Stephen Gerrard's moving on. But I think, yes, the uh, Rangers will have a manager before the weekend. And at your old club, Celtic? Whom you? What do you think for this season with uh, Ange Postecoglou? Would you be confident of uh, regaining the title? Uh, I'd be much more confident. I think if we've got another solid defender, centre back. Um, but uh, no, and I'd like to see the you know the the full back that we've bought playing in his correct position, yeah. playing on the other side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that might be a bit unfair, you know, to Anthony Wilson, who's been great. But I think that if he if he shows up the the defence, I think that for all the Celtic fans. This is this is the most exciting forward line since the three amigos, right. you know, and it's really setting the place on fire, and people are enjoying watching the football again. So yeah, I think it's um, it's it's looking good. Barry, it's going to be some season, isn't it? You know, with yeah. Stephen Gerrard away, the change at Rangers, Celtic resurgent. It's going to get down to the wire, Paul. I, I said that. It's, I mean, Rangers won it by twenty-five points. Then previous to that, Celtic were runaway leaders. I don't think it's going to be that. I think they're going to drop points both teams throughout the season. Um, but look, Wally's right, Celtic are really good going forward, but I still think they're vulnerable. At the back, um, you've seen that up at Dundee, um, two cross balls. Um, but listen, it's, it's going to be an exciting season. It's going to be nip and tuck all the way. The big one for the chairman, Douglas Park, John Bennett, they've done well in the last couple of years and how they overtook Celtic last year, nobody knows, Barry, but... Uh, but they, they need to get a manager in. Yeah. It's a big week. It's no, I know they've got the semi-final against Hibs at Hamden. Yeah. On Sunday, do you think Sunday will be in place? Yes, yeah, yeah. it's got to be. Yeah, I've got to get the leader in as, as quickly as possible and settle the squad down because some of the guys will be disappointed because Stephen Gerrard brought a lot of these players in. So it's important they get a manager in place. And look, Gio ticks all the boxes for me. Forty million at stake. I just hope he doesn't bring his best his best friend in, his assistant. I don't think Henrik would sit well there. <laughs> Well, that's a respect thing. You you go back to you were talking about Bertie and respect. See the old fun players, and I said that my the guy that I was up against, obviously two captains, Neil Lennon. See for ninety minutes, it was a war. See before the game and after the game, with total respect, Mm. and that's the way it's always been with old fun. Well, what's your prediction tonight then for Scotland? I think Scotland will win tonight. Yes. Yeah, I think they'll win one nil. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously after, Mark, I had not heard the interview before, yeah. so I can't say that I said that after the effect, right. but uh, I yeah. think that Stevie Clark will go for it and uh, I'm looking forward to the game and, and hopefully that um, we'll get a result. First time as well, if they win tonight, six wins in a row, first time in what, almost 90 years. Wow. Incredible. You know, when you think of you think of where we were after Copenhagen, that, that heavy <laughs> defeat, you know, and, and the performance was poor and um, you think of where we were and that was just two months ago to what's happened now it's absolutely fantastic and, and so much credit to Stevie Clark and the players yeah. I, I just like it Lucas I, I think it's a happy group as well yep. the look of they're desperate to turn up they're desperate to play with Scotland um, and Stevie Clark's a manager for me as an ex-player I would enjoy playing under him it's amazing isn't it he started so uh, slowly at the beginning we thought what's going to happen here but he took us to the Euros and we could well be going to the World Cup Finals well, we're hoping to get the boogie bus to go to Qatar. We'll maybe speak to you about that later to see if uh, we're You're off welcome to Qatar. You're welcome to join us, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Right, we're going to have to go for the break and then we'll be back and continue the the final thoughts. What would you say about... But I know it's so sad. I spoke to you yesterday when you, you told us the news and you lost Walter a few weeks ago. 
and Bertie now. It's been a special era, hasn't it? People that will never see the likes again. Yes, it's just, you know, we're getting to that time, you know, people are, it's, what, it's over 50 odd years now since they won the European Cup, and you know, people are just getting older. I mean, Bertie had a great innings, he was 83 years old, you know, and he, he said to me two weeks ago, when he changed anything he'd ever done in his life, you know, so I, I think that uh, it's just unfortunate that, you know, we're, we're all getting near the firing line a wee bit, you know, but uh, it, the great thing is his legacy will live on for many, many decades to come. Thank you, Willie. Thanks, guys. And uh, Bertie, we will miss him. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, 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 go. Thanks, Chris. Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Just checking here about uh, tonight, Scotland against Denmark. Well, if we win, we'll definitely be through and seeded. Well, we're definitely through. We'll be seeded. We'll be seeded. Um, a draw might not be enough tonight. Mm. It should be, but it might not be enough. We'd also want Wales to lose to Belgium tomorrow. So uh, that's how it looks tonight. Steve Clark speaking about the game and uh, against uh, Denmark. They've been remarkable. I mean, everyone was shocked, Mark, weren't they, when Christian Eriksen went down right at the start of the Euros. But they yeah. battled back. They regrouped and got to, well, here's breath away from the final. Yeah, they, 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 they were a credit, you know, the way they turned it around after a couple of defeats early in the tournament. And obviously, you know, what happened to, to Christian Eriksen must have traumatised um, yeah. a lot a lot of the, the, the people that, um, that were involved. Um, so, yeah, credit to them for the way that they recovered. Of course, Martin Vicost, old Celtic player, part of the backroom team yeah. um, as well, the Danish uh, national team, an absolute gentleman. Um, Martin Vicost, um, too, what a right good player. Joined us a few months ago he here was, on the yeah, programme, you brilliant. got him on. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. So, um, so yeah, uh, it'll be a real tough game tonight, but I think I think Denmark might have just lost a wee bit of their edge mm -hmm. because the Pharaoh scored against them and that clean sheet record's gone, you know. Schmeichel was raging yeah. uh, to lose that, wasn't he, Barry? Because mm -hmm. they completely, well, we know they're undefeated, but they hadn't lost a goal. Yeah, I know. Listen, you just mentioned there um, from Ericsson, obviously going down, it just galvanised them. Didn't mm -hmm. it? They, they had a real togetherness in the squad, but they've, they've got real good players. But I think there's going to be six, seven, maybe eight, eight missing. Mm -hmm. And they're starters uh, for the Danes. Um, and it's going to be interesting. See, for us, in terms of Scotland, I've been really impressed with this group of players. It'll be interesting to see whether he does take the chance. But going on, going by his interview, it looks to me if he's going to play the strongest, strongest team. He is. I yeah. think he is actually. But yeah. we'll need to wait. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see around about half past six yeah. um, what sort of team he's going to put out. But I think we'll win the game. I do. I'm that confident in this group of players. And I keep looking at the squad, not just the starting eleven. On the bench is really strong as well. Um, we're in a real good place at this moment in time. Here he is speaking about Denmark. Well, they'll be at it. No doubt they'll want to go through the group with a, with a perfect record. You saw the reaction to conceding the goal, so. That's one record that they can't have. They can't go through the campaign without conceding because they've already conceded, but they, they can reach 30 points and, and I'm sure that's what they want to do. Looking at their squad, it looks as though they've got one or two issues and, and one or two different faces around, but we'll still be a really good D Danish team that comes here. Certainly will. Dahlberg, Damsgaard, Heuberg and Braithwaite out and four others injured after the game against Pharaohs the other night. But as you were saying, it's about what we do as well, isn't it? There's a confidence. Could you believe, Barry, the way Steve Clark has turned things around in the last two years? No, I was confident. I thought it was the right man yeah. um, for the job. Look, he's the experience he's got as a manager and as a coach, you just need to look at the clubs that he's worked for, the managers he's worked under, he's been a manager himself. The job he done at Kilmarnock, 
was uh, was unbelievable. If I'm being honest top. with you, yep, yep, great job there. So when Scotland appointed him, I thought we appointed the right man. It's been a slow burner, Paul. There's no doubt about it. But he's got his really organised. And as I said, the biggest thing for me that jumps out is the guys look if they're absolute buzzing to play um, for Scotland. It looks like they're desperate to turn up. And that's down to Steve Clark and his coaching staff. It's also down to the players. Um, but they just look if they're a, a happy group. And see, when you're happy as a footballer, your performances tend to be uh, top-notch. What did you think of Patterson and McGinn? Just choosing yeah. two of them just now from Friday night. Looks like a partnership for Aston Villa. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Easy. Oh, he got a stare. Uh, Mark Weedy got a stare from the former Rangers captain. Yeah, look, Nathan Patterson, I, I mean, he was my man of the match. I mean, we, could have put, we spoke about it. There could have been six yeah. or seven of the players. Um, I thought it was a real professional performance. Nathan Patterson, um, I think he's got everything to go to the, the, the top. I mentioned a player that I played with that he reminds me of Alan Hutton. Mm-hmm. Alan Hutton, for me, that six months before the move to Tottenham was unplayable. Mm-hmm. He was, he was really unplayable. He got the move to Tottenham for £9 million. For me, I think Nathan Patterson can exceed that. I think he's that good. And John McGinn, what can you say about John McGinn? I, I thought he was a good player. I think I've said this plenty of times yeah. as well, but he's been down to, down to Villa. And he's just maturing into a top midfielder. Well, he is a top midfielder, John McGinn. Um, and don't be surprised if Aston Villa try and sit him down and get him onto a, a longer-term yeah. contract because I believe there'll be top clubs looking at him. You'll probably love uh, working under Stephen Gerrard. And you've always said, push him further forward for Scotland. And it works, Mark, doesn't it? He's, uh, yeah. I mean, the touch he had for the goal for Nathan Patterson. The way we were on Friday night, we, we spoke and I thought... You, you, you picked easily picked six players, outfield mm. players, and Craig Gordon uh, for your man of the match. Having watched the highlights, I mean, we were watching it live yeah. in the studio here on Friday. Having watched the highlights, I would go for I would actually go for John McGinn as the man of the match um, right. on Friday. Night. I thought he was terrific as he always is. Actually, um, for Scotland, he is absolutely first class. Um, on the point about Steve Clark and what Barry was saying, for me, there was one moment that summed up everything that's going on with Scotland just now, yeah. and that was Kieran Tierney's reaction to the penalty save, the determination that he showed to get in there and clear that ball, uh, to just to stop, I don't think we'll do it when I get a second goal anyway, but just to stop that nervy mm-hmm. last 10 minutes, for me that absolutely sums up everything that's good that's going on with Scotland just now under Steve Clark. Yeah, I, I, I love things like that. that, that's better than scoring a goal for me, That that's just a desire. Is it even better? Yeah, yeah. Lo- look, that, I love watching things like that, that just yeah. sums Kieran Tierney up. We all know his qualities, but that's a desperate note to concede a goal. And I love to see that. Good save by Craig Gordon, but unbelievable for Kieran Tierney. And then he smashes into the post. And you think, oh, he's going to be down. Just jumps back up. Straight back from injury as well. Fearless, yep. wasn't he? And uh, yeah, you spotted it on the night. Rangers fans, uh, for the manager, if it's going to be Giovanni Van Bronckhurst or whoever it is, how can you leave out Nathan Patterson? I remember we said that a couple of months ago. People said, well, yeah, this season. Look at the way he's developing. How can you leave him out of the Rangers starting 11 best 11 maybe that's a question for the next hour in the next hour we'll give you the team Scotland against Denmark we'll go live to Hamden that was a special first hour wasn't it with uh, Lord Willie Willie Hockey yeah, joining good. us Stories. Uh, as I said that was saying no fair to yep. Mark I could sit all day and listen whether it's mm. I don't care whether it's a, a Celtic legend or these guys were unbelievable football players and I love listening to all these sort of stories I, I'm just it was in a different world there listening to 
what um, Lord Willie was saying Aye. Um, and then Matt had a few stories <laughs> yep. um, and I love listening to all these stories and there's more to come yeah. quick break for the news and then we're back Go Radio Football Show the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! go, 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 go. And we're under two hours away from kick-off Scotland against Denmark, who've done so well in recent years. And they're in town tonight. Great night for a match. There'll be 50,000 at Hamden. Mark Weedy is with us. The former Scotland captain, Barry Ferguson, is here too. And we're taking your calls on 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. And thanks to everyone who was on there. Campbell's been on saying they love the stories and the tributes to the late, great Bertiold, who passed away yesterday, aged 83. Won everything in the game, European Cup, of course. Two European Cup finals, won it in 67, then the final in 70. Um, many five league titles, four league, five league cups, four Scottish Cups. And a BAFTA, I love that as well. <laughs> that he won a BAFTA, Barry. It's unbelievable, isn't it? And the last couple of weeks, the stories we've had about the late, great Walter Smith, Bertiold. These are people who brought the divide together. I mean, they love the blue, they love the green, but they're brilliant human beings and we are the better for knowing them. And I hope people hang on to that and realise, because in the game, people were not in the game. We don't realise how well, you don't get on with everyone, but it's a great respect. Yeah, there's always been Paul, look, that was one of the things, look, when you you play with Rangers or Celtic, obviously I played with the with Rangers. That was one thing that um, I always respected my opponents and certainly, um, the Celtic team at that, that stage under Martin O'Neill um, but look see when you cross that white line it's a war um, you're going to win and do it whatever way possible bite, scratch, kick whatever yeah. just to get the three points but after it see when the dust has settled always had respect uh, for uh, whether it was Celtic players or Dun United yeah. players or Hearts mm-hmm. players I always gave them that respect but once that whistle went it's a different ball game because I'm, I'm in it to win it basically um, and I would try and do anything possible. Try and do it with good football, but if you had to do a wee odd thing here and there, you would um, to gain the three points. You've done it, but there was all respect. There yep. was always respect. And I think if you hear former old firm players speak about it, everybody's um, everybody's the same. Entertainment business, and you heard Bertie in that clip from last year when he said that entertain the fans, and he certainly did long after he had come off. The pitch uh, at Celtic, what was that, 1970? Listen, we'll go to Hamden. Can you hear it in the background there? It's uh, winding up. Joe Henry, our own Joe, is there. Trackside at the National Stadium. Joe, it's hard to believe we're through to the playoffs so many times. You know, it would be ifs, buts, or we leave it till the end. But we're there, and we're now wondering uh, how we'll line up tonight. Good evening, Joe. Hi, guys. Yeah, how's it going? Good. What about yourself there? What's the scene as you look around the National Stadium? Yeah, I mean, you just touched on it there as well. I was driving through tonight and thinking, you know, we're we're actually there already. And and I know there's a lot to play for tonight, but in so many ways, how far we've come in the last 12 months is absolutely unreal. So to be here tonight, knowing what's at stake tonight is is incredible. The stadium looks great. It's a a pretty perfect night for a game of football. It's dry. There's a slight sheen on the pitch. It looks like it, um, I don't know if it has been raining here earlier, so the ball should move nice and slick. And the fans are just starting to trickle in just now. Uh, the majority of the fans I can see at the minute are Denmark fans uh, over mm-hmm. to my left and uh, yeah I think the gates have just opened so looking forward to a good night tonight and it'll be exciting to see the, the team selection as well because we know um, all about the, the potential suspensions I think there's seven players that could play tonight 
um, that are on a yellow. So um, we'll see if that will influence Steve Clark's decision or if he's just going to go for it. But you interviewed him yesterday and we heard him saying that. I mean, it sounds as though he's going to play as many of those that he has to that are on, you know, close to the yellow card. He was speaking about his ultimate game aim. The ultimate aim is to get to Qatar 2022. So to to come out the to be in a position coming out of the group stage that we're still involved going into the, the March playoff games is, is is where we were after we lost to Denmark away. We realised that second place was was attainable, was the position that we had to aim for. Uh, five consecutive victories have made sure that we've secured that one. But the ultimate aim is is still ahead. And Joe if we get six in a row, if, and Willie earlier on said he thought we'd win, Barry Ferguson says he thinks we'll win, we'll hear from Mark shortly, this would be a 90-year record. Absolutely sensational. And, and you can hear Steve Clark, he's such a calm, measured, composed manager, um, completely completely unflappable, you know, and he, and he doesn't take any credit, you know, he just he goes out and he puts his team out there and to hear him say he's going to put the, the strongest team possible out, um, to reach his goal is just, I think it's something to be admired. So uh, a huge record at stake tonight and um, it's going to be an incredible moment. In Denmark, you could probably say they're slightly depleted as well. They've got a, a few of their um, key players that are missing out tonight. So, yeah, fingers crossed that, that plays their advantage as well. Yeah, that leaky defence, eh? They lost one goal <laughs> the other day. <laughs> uh, Joe, stay with us there if you can. I know you'll be on celeb spot there as well in the crowd. See who you see. Shall we go on the line? Craig is on and coming all. Craig, good evening. Good evening, Paul, uh, Mark and Barry. How are you doing? Good, good doing, Craig. Yeah, we're Hi, well, Craig. thank you. Are you on Scotland Watch or is it Rangers? Can we ask you about Rangers? What do you <laughs> think? Giovanni Van Bronckhurst seems to be the... He sounds as though it's going to be him, although Rangers themselves, I think, were saying there's another couple of names. Not Frank Lampard, but, uh, yeah, well, we called it right last week about Stephen Gerrard going to Aston Villa, which nobody wanted to happen up here. Nobody, a neutral or a Rangers fan would want. Who do you want? What about Giovanni? Yeah, uh, well, uh, just uh, quickly before I, I do that, I just uh, sort of extend my condolences in the past and I'm very old. Um, obviously, he played another side of the city, but, uh, uh, you know, Barry said it perfectly. It doesn't matter what he thinks. He's an absolute legend of the game um, and you have to have nothing but respect regardless of the colours he wore so I just send my condolences to Terrific. his family and his, his loved ones Terrific Yeah, top, that's a proper man. fan for me Exactly Well, yeah. well said, yeah. Craig Yep That will be appreciated uh, by everyone connected there and that's yeah it's good to bring people together Yep Craig what uh, what, uh, what about Rangers then? So in terms of that well, I think for me it's got to be Van Bronckhurst I think he seems to me that he's the, the ideal man almost at the right time actually because one of the key things I think about Van Bronckhorst having looked recently because I didn't know much about his time at Fire Rod, but now that he's been connected I've kind of had a look back at several things and um, things on YouTube for when he was in, in charge he, he seems to play a you know almost identical formation to what Gerard played the difference being his is less about the wide sort of attacking which is what Gerard done and is a more direct sort of um, style of play um, and attacking and I I think that that'd be great because I think it is then a continuation which you're, you're leaving um, and I also think it helps that you're somebody who knows the club inside out um, having spent a couple of years there um, don't get me wrong I think if he comes one of the backroom staff is apparently the, the guy that used to be assistant to Dick Advocat as well so 
that would be useful. Um, but for me, I think it's got to be Van Bronckhorst. I don't, you know, I know Reno Gattuso was mentioned, but I think Van Bronckhorst is a better fit than Gattuso. Barry, what do you feel? What can yeah. you tell us about Munyom so well you played alongside him? Yeah, I had a great relationship with him in the, in the middle of the park. Um, top player. Got to, but yeah. I wasn't surprised that he, what he went on to do in the, uh, in the game, obviously. With Arsenal, then on to Barcelona, Champions League winner. That tells you everything. Um, Gio as a player. And obviously you keep a keen eye on um, when he decides to get into management. And he done a terrific job at Feyenoord. They, they hadn't won the league in 18 years. It was dominated by Ajax and PSV. And he stopped that dominance. Um, and he went on to have a successful spell. So, look, I, I think he's got, he ticks all the boxes. He plays, Craig's right, he plays very similar style. I think this Rangers team and Rangers squad are setting their ways to play. And I think Gio will just slip into that. And look, he, he maybe change one or two things, um, but nothing um, too extreme. Because I think he's got to just go in and, and let the guys um, play to the way that they've been brought up to play the last three years under Steven Gerrard. So for me, he's a, he's a great choice. Uh, he knows the, he knows the club as well. Sure. What's um, he like as a character? Because he wasn't, is he yeah, loud? He was, no, no, he was, he was very within himself, very yeah. private, but see when it on the pitch, he was a warrior. That's one thing about him. Um, he was a, well, one of the, the teammates that you would take into the trenches with you. No doubt about it. Off the pitch. Family man, mm-hmm. um, as I said. Yeah, but listen, he would, he would mingle no problem. He would, he would have a, a laugh and a joke. A laugh and a joke. He wasn't one of the, the loudest in the dressing room. Um, but listen, I, I think it's, I think it's the right choice. I think it's a real good choice that Rangers do decide to, to go because he's got that Dutch way of playing that brand of football. Brings a bit of arrogance as well, which I like, and sure. and people. Um, and your team had that in abundance yeah we, we did yeah. Um, so I think over the next 24 hours it'll be interesting to see because I do believe Rangers need to get the man in as quickly as possible because it's a big big six mm. weeks or seven weeks before the, the winter break comes in Mark he met with Ross Wilson at the weekend yeah. and I believe follow up talks today I don't know if yeah. that's on Zoom or whatever with candidates Yeah. but what do you think is happening and quickly I think yeah. there's a there's a clear relationship there that, that both parties want to drive forward and get this over the line. So the good thing is there's a willingness from Rangers to make him the next manager. There's a willing a willingness from Giovanni to take the job. And and, and, and the thing I want to pick up on there that, that Barry said about him being a warrior and a guy to have in the trenches. I was fortunate enough to interview Giovanni two and a half, three years ago, came over to Glasgow to do a QA night. And He's not one of these guys that's loud and always in the media talking about Rangers and he's loving it, but he knows the club inside out. He knows the demands, he knows what's required. And the interesting line that I took away from that night about him was, and Willie mentioned it earlier in the programme, but he's, he's, he's close friendship with, with Henrik Larsson, very, very pally. But Giovanni told the story in one of the first old film derbies. Giovanni just left a bit on Henrik. Just left a bit on him. I don't care if you're my pal off the park. It needed to be done to help win the game. And he left a bit... Uh, on right. him so he's there also as well I think that was me he's, told him he, <laughs> his CV is obviously yeah. good and you look at what he inherited at Feyenoord he had a tough job there to go and build him up again financial constraints um, as well at Feyenoord but the thing for me too Paul that tells you about Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's credentials he is very very highly rated by Pep Guardiola mm. and within that city group too Pep Guardiola 
likes him, rates him, trusts him. He's been in at Man City um, as well uh, for a spell. You know, just having a look at the the inner workings of the group, we were very, very close to to, to uh, Guardiola doing that as well. That relationship obviously goes back to Barcelona um, when he was there. So they're getting if Rangers get it over the line, and and I think it will go over the line. We better work to be done, but I think it will go over the line. Then they are getting a very good manager. Craig, will that do for you? Absolutely, and I think um, the quicker we can get over the line, the better. I understand they've got the temporary sort of coaching arrangement just now for for training purposes, but I think we we really can't be going into the the um, the cup semi final on on Saturday we um, or Sunday rather mm. we um, no. you know, like said Jermaine Defoe and that and the and the dugout. Don't get me wrong, it makes a change to see Defoe in the dugout and not down <laughs> south doing punditry because that's well, hey. crazy, <laughs> but. Um, no, definitely. Yeah. I think if we can get him in quickly, yeah. you know, that's that's the key. It really is. Well, serious business. And what a chance, Barry. Silverware is two games away. Yeah, the semi-final against Hibs. But also, a lot of people are saying, is it, is it a risk for for Gio and, or for mm. Rangers? But do you know what? See if you have a great six month, you win a trophy. Look what's at the end of it. Sure. The Champions League, it's, the yeah. pot of 40 million pounds, retaining the league title. That's a challenge you, you'd be desperate to take. Well, is there anything guaranteed in November? You know, nothing's guaranteed. There's always risk. This yeah. is the biggest and most lucrative six months in yes. Rangers' mm-hmm. history and Celtic's history. Mm-hmm. There's 30, now, you're, you're also talking about getting into the, the knockout stages of Europe, which will bring another four, five, six million pounds. You're talking about getting the first piece of silverware on the board, semi-finals this week, final next month. So therefore, and then you're talking about the, the you know the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow sure. in the middle of May. So there's thirty-five to forty million pounds up for guys. This is this is not about Sunday against Hibs and, and next Thursday against Spartak. This is about the next six months and it is absolutely massive. I mean, you can't you can't overstate how big it is for Rangers in the next six months. Good it is point. massive. Yeah, there, there's, there's been a lot of good candidates, but see the word that if I've been out of the shops or whatever and the feeling I'm getting normally when there's a vacancy in managers that there's a lot of split down the middle people want different guys every Rangers fan that I've bumped into wants Gio they see Gio as, as the next He's manager the Craig yep. obviously is on, on this show saying that but the people I've bumped into over the last three or four days when it broke that, that Gio was going to be speaking to Rangers that's the feedback that I've got. It's all been a hundred percent for Van Bronckhurst. You and buying some more new gear, Barry. When you were in the shops, no, I was food shopping, Paul. Food, food shopping shop in Hamilton today. Yeah. Uh, Craig, sorry, we jumped in there. What did you want to say? Yeah, well, just a uh, thought that had sprung in my head there as well. We'll talk about that because I think you know Mark and Barry are absolutely spot on that, that it is about the next six months and, and getting that Champions League money. But if it was to be um, Geo that comes in, I, I'm just wondering if one of the good things and that might be that should we manage to qualify for the Champions League and get that money or even if we lose a couple of players he would potentially dip into the Dutch market wouldn't he you know yeah. um, and, and there will certainly be some talented players there that we would be able to afford I'm not talking like players at Ajax or that necessarily but certainly yeah. talented ones that, that he might be aware of that we wouldn't be and obviously we've had a past connection with the Dutch market albeit sure. under different circumstances so I just wonder if the guys think that might be something he'll they would look at if he came in. That's yeah, a great point. All, yeah, yeah, and it's not just about buying players as well, Craig, you know, depending on the circumstances, you say, you know, can he go to Ajax? You might get a nice loan deal. You know, Mark Movermars is there as a relationship with, 
with him all the different clubs that he'll have relationships with he'll know the agents he'll, he'll get tipped off about emerging um, talent so yeah you're right it is a good move in the Dutch market as the Rangers have, have used it well Celtic have used it well too you think of Virgil van Dijk and Jan Venegur of Hesling so there, there is a market um, there and Giovanni could certainly bring that Craig what about Scotland tonight we're going to go to the break in a moment or two I can tell you this Rob's been on if we win tonight 100% we're seeded for the playoff for the first one if we draw we are 59.2% I think we could so we're 59, 60% guaranteed <laughs> getting through. Yeah, Rob's been doing his work along with We Global Football. And if we lose, there's only 1.2% chance. So what's it going to be? Win, lose, or draw? Over to you, Craig Cumbernauld. Oh, well, it's a tough one. To be honest with you, I, I think we'll end up winning being seeded and then we'll draw Portugal because they're going to be oh, on the looks So yeah. <laughs> that bit of kind of luck that is all we get. I think that's, you know, but aye, I reckon we can get a win tonight um, if, if we go and yep. put a, a performance in and I think Hamden will be absolutely well, rocking for well, that well, so in fact okay here we are better. let's go live to Hamden Craig while you're here we'll take the break in a moment uh, Joe Henry is first with the Scotland team Hi there yes Scotland team has just come through I'm just looking at it right now for the first time Craig Gordon in goals Stephen O'Donnell is taking that place um, that's uh, lost to Nathan Patterson who's gone out this evening Andy Robertson um, John Souter is in as is Kieran Tierney John McGinn Callum McGregor Ryan Christie Billy Gilmore Liam Cooper's at the back actually just missed him out as well and Shea Adams up front First with the news there we are so he is going for it John Souter in uh, Craig thanks very much for the call more in a moment the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. International football tonight, Scotland against Denmark. Joe brought us the team there just before the news. Let's get the action of Mark Guidi, Barry Ferguson. Barry, that's Scotland lineup. Very strong yep. lineup. Um, we, we spoke about it in the first hour of the show. Would they go in? leave some of the players out who were on a booking and obviously he's he's going for the win tonight um, strong team a capable team and I can't wait for John Suter to see John Suter in a Scotland jersey yep. delighted to see him obviously get through the last couple of years he had a couple of serious injuries Achilles tendon which is a horrible injury to have um, but John Suter for me has the potential to be a future Scotland player and a starting eleven. What's the lineup tonight then? How will we play? Craig Gordon yep. will in goals, a back three of John Souter on the right, Liam Cooper in the middle, Kieran Tierney on the left. Right wing back will be Stephen O'Donnell, left wing back will be Andy Robertson. Sitting in the middle of the part will be Billy Gilmer and Callum McGregor. Just in front of them, John McGinn and Ryan Christie and Shea Adams up top. 
Mark Guidi, what do you make of it? And what about that balance? He's playing some players, for example, John McGinn, who's just one booking away from missing the playoff. He's he's putting his, his trust in the players to, to, to do the right thing. Uh, but also, the biggest thing about this team selection, bearing in mind the circumstances of yellow cards, he's desperate to be seeded. Because mm. he knows that, 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 that being seeded can just give you that slight advantage, even that extra wee 5% um, in the draw. So that's what he's, he's decided to do. And obviously want to keep the run going, the momentum, even though the next game is not going to be for another five months. But he clearly wants to be seeded. So just being in the playoffs is not enough for him. He wants to be one of the seeded teams. And looking at it on paper, very, very strong team. Probably the strongest team um, that he could pick. And, uh, and then once again, an exciting start in 11 as well, Paul. Looking forward to watching them in action. Yeah, it's important. Billy Gilmer, Andy Robertson, Shea Adams and John McGinn make sure they they're fully committed you can't go out and think that you're, you're on a booking um, yep. that, that'll affect um, your performance so it's important that these players go out and, and be fully committed because they are certainly in the case of, of John McGinn he's all in he's in people's faces you take that out of John McGinn he's not the same player but fair play to Steve Clark he's obviously thinking to himself right do you know what we need to go for the win tonight um, and I think we'll get that one on the bench, Santa Clark and John McLaughlin, the goalkeepers. Anthony Ralston called up at the weekend from Celtic. Ryan Porteous, Scott McKenna, Stuart Armstrong, who started the other night. David Turnbull, Kevin Nisbet, your nephew, Lewis Ferguson, Jacob Brown, who was capped cleverly on Friday night, just to make sure, and uh, Kenny McLean. Let's go back in the lines. John is on. John, a Celtic fan. Good evening, John. Good evening, guys. Excited? Yeah, are you Thanks excited on. too for tonight? Yeah. Looking forward to it, aye. I think it'll be a good game. Uh, I think uh, it's a good starting lineup, uh, and I'm pleasantly looking forward to Scotland Scotland probably winning one now, I think. Who's your scorer? Who do you think? It's got to be, be Lyndon Dykes, hasn't it? Um, it Shea Adams leading the line, though, tonight, yeah. John. Was it Shea? Yeah, yeah Shea, Shea, Adams yeah. Is, Shea Adams is uh, is leading uh, the line, yeah. and, and Lyndon oh, no. Dykes hasn't even on the bench he had a, he had a niggle uh, he was obviously suspended for Friday night um, against Moldova but he had a slight uh, niggle so he's not even on the bench so yeah looking at, uh, at um, Shea Adams leading the line and, and on the bench once again you've got the likes of Kevin Nisbet if, if he's needed Shea Adams you're looking at it now now guys that's <laughs> Lyndon think? Dykes made all the difference in that team uh, I honestly think that um, Lyndon Dykes is, you know, it's, it's a big loss tonight. Um, I think Shea Adams doesn't, despite him scoring the other, the other day, well, I don't think he's got the same presence as Lyndon Dykes. Barry, I was just going to say though, but he scored the other night. What would yeah, that do for him? Yeah. yeah, that'll give him confidence. Look, he, they go after a couple of minutes, they get chalked off. Mm -hmm. um, then he had two or three opportunities after that. Um, that kind of, he, he rushed in my eyes um, but he got the all-important second goal look Lyndon Dykes look John's just mentioned there he, what, what a find he's been for uh, Stevie Clark he's going to be a big miss but I still I think we've got enough in that starting 11 to get the win what about Friday night could you believe it John that we did it we didn't trip up we didn't depend on Austria beating Israel it's not like us we're a good team now, guys. Yep. I think it's just, uh, I mean, all the fans are on, on side. Um, I think we're, a, we're an outfit that um, a, a lot of countries now are looking to and thinking, you know, they're up there with one of the top 
European countryside, uh, and Steve Clark's made us like that, so it's all credit to him. Uh, I think we've got a really good team, really good squad, uh, and I'm absolutely delighted Andy Ralston's been called up. I think he's massive uh, for Scotland, um, and, and, and I don't think it'll be this game, but you know, in, in, in games to come, I think he'll be massive. Here's the manager speaking about the man who's on the bench, Anthony Ralston. We lost Nathan to second yellow, so you need cover in the right-back position. Anthony's had a terrific start to the season with Celtic, and Fully deserves his call up. I think I've shown that I can call people into his squad and start them in games. So Anthony's no different to anybody else. Happy Barry, the way he's adding to the squad. You know, we a year ago we'd say he would play the same players, but he's now augmented. It's a bigger squad now and a better yeah, squad. There's, listen, there's competition for places, yeah. and that as a manager, that's that's what you want. Look, Anthony Ralston, um, he fully deserves his his late call up. For me, he's. He's been one of Celtic's top performers. Uh, we've spoke about it plenty of times in terms of Ralston. Did I see him being a Celtic player? Um, we only played one game. It looked if he was in the road out, but Postacoglu gave him an opportunity. And to be fair to Anthony Ralston, he's grabbed it with both hands and he fully deserves the call-up. And you might see him um, get a piece of the game tonight. John, what about your own team? You'd hear the tributes to Bertie Old, so it's been... It's so sad to lose Bertie, but wonderful to hear the stories about that great character, Bertie Old. He's honestly he's one of the biggest he's the biggest all three Celtic fan, Celtic player, and just all round gentleman you can get. Uh, I absolutely love Bertie Old. I loved his character. Uh, I loved the way he tells stories. I loved the way in which he engaged with the fans. I loved the way that he he stopped uh, for a photograph with everybody. Yeah. Absolutely everybody and he made time for everybody um, and the best thing you can give him is your time so um, yeah it's, it's a very sad loss but the memories he's left behind is, is wonderful And Mark Stewart at the Kilt Walk was telling me today that he was at a do just before Covid it's only a couple of years ago up in Bishop Briggs and uh, you were saying right, that's Bertie you, you, you have your meal now <laughs> and he stayed for another 20 minutes signing yeah. autographs selfies uh, he never just, said no no, no, he, he didn't. And, you know, what I was thinking was better need to get you home, need to get you back. To, it was a Sunday, oh, back, for your, back for your Sunday dinner with the family. I don't know how many yeah. engagements and family dinners, and he's probably, you know, he's, he's done up getting put, in the, getting put in the oven because of the time that he would spend with, with, with Celtic supporters or, or people in general, not just about Celtic supporters. I think Rangers supporters enjoyed his company as well, you know, because there was a, a respect there, you know. Ranger support would you know you judge them on the person and not about the, the colour of the jersey or, or you yeah. know where you were brought up. It's about the person and, and, and Bertie Old was just a wonderful human being. Just loved his football, loved the fans. We're just looking there, John. We're getting ready for the game, and then we just see on Sky this time last week we started talking about Stephen Gerrard and Barry. You see him today there, and it's a different top now that's yeah, on him, the training strange, top. Kazoo strange. there sponsoring it, isn't yeah, it? Been, uh, yeah, you see him um, with the Rangers, the Rangers top yeah. on. Listen, but. That's in the past now. Sure. Rangers have got to move forward. These the, the managers decide uh, has decided to move on, and um, no manager or players bigger than the club. That now what the club need to do is focus and getting a manager as quickly as possible, making sure it's the the correct decision. John, does it make any difference to you as a Celtic fan or on your attempts to regain the title? Uh, do you know? I, I, at this stage, you, you just you just don't know. To be sure. honest, I mean, it's, there's a there's a there's a limbo situation now with Rangers with regards to having, um, you know, they're on the lookout for a new a new manager. Um, this new manager, who they get, whoever it may be, could 
invigorate the Rangers team. They could, you know, enlighten them. Um, and equally, it could go the other way. Um, you know, I think there's um, something to, to add to the Rangers team. I don't comment often Rangers, but, yeah. um, you know, within that system, do you guys think there's anything that Steven Gerrard maybe never got out of that team that they could have? I think there was a flatness. Certainly a flatness this season that probably a new manager can in will, will reinvigorate it. Uh, or certainly look to reinvigorate it. Um, John, that said, what you've got to remember is Steven Gerrard has left a scenario stroke situation for a new manager that is very, very good. Top of the league by four points. A cup semi-final if the new guy was Giovanni von Bronckhorst or anybody else in time for Sunday. Um, still a chance of staying in Europe, a more than decent chance of staying in Europe. So when it's there, you know, he's not getting in where you're, you're trailing Celtic by six points and everybody's in a down and there's only 25,000 turning up at the stadium. There's full houses there. There's a good squad. Um, one or two situations need to get sorted out within the squad. And I think you'll probably find, I think you'll see a bounce in Rangers. And that's not to say, cause they weren't losing games, I don't mean it that way, but they weren't playing well. There was a spark missing. And Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has got to go and find that um, spark again. I don't know if Barry will agree, but I think back to 20 years ago when Dick Advocat stepped down and Martin O'Neill came in at Celtic and Celtic started to dominate. Dick stepped away, moved upstairs and Alec McLeish was in. And there was a brilliant dressing room full of talent there, Barry, but for whatever reason, it lost its way. But I think if you look at it, Alec came in and just reinvigorated it, put an arm around the shoulder of certain players and started to get the best out of them again. And I can see a similar situation with, with Giovanni getting in if it is him getting in at this yeah, time definitely we, we lost our mojo um, towards the end when, when Advocat decided to, to obviously step aside and, and Alec came in and kept playing the same way never made a lot of changes uh, just a couple of uh, wee tweaks here and there um, and then listen a new manager come in automatically you want to go and impress him and, and make sure that you're in that starting 11 and I think that's going to uh, it's going to happen similar um, when a new manager come in because I look at it what Steven Gerrard's left look Rangers are still four points clear yep. they're in a semi-final for me he's left behind a real strong squad with a lot of quality in it so that's a good start for a new manager but it's important that the new manager comes in and has a similar style because I don't think you can, uh, a new manager can come in and go and change to a totally different formation Good playlist in the background there, isn't there, Joe, at uh, Hamden? And John, before you go, about Celtic, we heard Willie saying earlier you need a, a really good defender, at least one, in the transfer window. What do you think will happen in January? I, I, think, I think in January, I've said before, I've said that I'm hoping to, well, I hope Celtic would get another goalkeeper in. Um, and yes, I would agree, get another defender in. Um, and uh, I, I, think, I think just to just have a little bit more security because, um, you know, there was hope that uh, Christopher Julian would be back mm -hmm. at some point, you know, in the near future and uh, it doesn't appear to be the case that he's, he's close to being back. Um, do you guys have any, any update on that? No, we haven't actually heard for a week or two. He was back in training with the first team. They expected he might be back after the international break. But, but uh, and, and yeah. do his, his press off Thursday stroke Friday, so no doubt he'll be asked and he'll get a full update on the the health and well-being of, of, of all the, the, the Celtic players. But even if Julian is, is fit, John, and back in training, you've got to remember, he's been out for 10, 11 months, mm -hmm. if not longer. So it will take a wee while for, to, to, to get him 
up to speed. If he is back in just now and edging towards, you know, joining in with his teammates in full sessions, you'd probably say it's you're looking at after the winter break yeah, before you're going to see him back to his best. A hundred percent. You you can't expect too much from uh, from him. Been out for ten, eleven months. You've missed a hell of a lot of football. It's obviously been a serious injury. It's just a case of taking your time and I think that's what Celtic will do with, with, with Julian. They'll wait till after the winter break before you really see him push for a starting place. And Celtic linked today, I see on the Sun website, uh, Marco Bizo, keeper in Holland, Stad Brest he's at, and a 30-year-old, apparently there's interest in getting him on loan. The other one we talked about, he was on the show on Friday night and uh, he can't wait for January, would be David Marshall if uh, the deal could be done. John, finally, what's your scoreline again tonight? What do you think? Uh, I was saying when I began talking to you guys, I said one 0 and then yeah. I said no, no without Lyndon Dykes. So um, you know what? I, you know, I think, I think, uh, I think the guys are right. I think Scotland will be up for tonight. I actually think we'll probably get a couple of goals. So here's hoping a two one. Two one, that two would one. do as Mark, wouldn't it? Off. Certainly would. Two one yeah. would be great. One nil, two one, three two, four nothing, whatever. Just um, <laughs> get a victory, keep it going, and um, yeah, couldn't rule it out. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. This is Glasgow's own, coming from the heart of Glasgow, just over the south side. We were the COP26 city. (laughs) Let's hope that we all make change and look after the planet because we have to. Don't we, Barry, for the future, for the children, the grandchildren and uh, people will remember, hopefully... Glasgow Agreement in 2021. Right, let's go to Hamden now for... Let's hope we remember what's going to happen. The playoff beckons. But tonight, let's go back to Jo Henry. She brought us the Scotland team news first. She's maybe got the Danish team as well. But no matter, Jo, an hour from now, it's going to be kick-off. What's the scene at Hamden? Yeah, it is starting to build up inside here. We've had a few sing-songs already, which is nice to hear. Both teams have been out and had a wee look at the pitch referees just doing their inspections as well. So, yeah, looking forward to a good one. You mentioned the Denmark lineup, which I've not had a chance to look at yet, but we know either way that they're an absolutely relentless side. You know, they've won all their matches. I think they've scored 30 goals and only conceded one. So, uh, regardless of the, the team they put out tonight, we know it's going to be a tough test uh, for sure. So, the three changes are run through the team line for you here just now. Three changes for Scotland tonight. O'Donnell, Souter and Christie are in. Patterson, Hendry and Armstrong go out. Hendry's actually, I don't think he's on the bench either, so he's out of the squad completely. Um, so we go with Gordon in goals. O'Donnell, Souter, Cooper, Kieran Tierney and Robertson. Gilmore and McGregor in the middle with McGinn and Christie on either side of Shea Adams up front. A run through at the bench, it's Clark, McLaughlin, Ralston and Porteous, who were both just called up this week. McKenna, Armstrong, Turnbull, Nisbet, Ferguson, Brown and McLean. So it's definitely, you know, it's what we talked earlier as well about the yellow cards that, um, that, that doesn't seem to have come into Steve Clark's thinking tonight. He's going for it. We do have five players on the pitch that, that are on a yellow, those being Robertson, McGinn, Adams, Gilmore and O'Donnell. So um, we'll see if that comes into the way we play. But as it stands, it's all guns blazing for Scotland at the minute. Barry, was this the kind of night you'd love to be playing? 50,000 at Hamden? Yeah, that, listen, I, I've been lucky enough to play in a, a packed Hamden at a couple of occasions. Um, certainly the, the one that springs to mind was the Italy game. Yep. 
the atmosphere was just electric and I'm sure it will be electric uh, tonight because look these boys um, have been magnificent over the last couple of years um, they've got the nation together everybody's desperate for them to, to do well and we've got a real opportunity tonight and I, I think we're, we're confident enough um, albeit Denmark are missing some important players I think we'll win the game I'm very confident we'll win the game Mark, you've played at Hampden Park. It wasn't quite 50,000, but it was Albion Rovers uh, <laughs> against Queen's Park. It's a, it's a special place, isn't it? I know yeah. it gets stick at times, but sometimes we get it rocking. Well, I, 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 I remember that game well that Barry's talking sure. about and it was yeah. uh, rocking. I was at the Israel game last month. It was rocking. Tonight will be rocking. And, and you know, the, the pre previous caller, John, just said a sentence that stuck me, Paul. Very simple, straightforward, but to the point... Um, we are a good team now. We are a good team. It's as simple as that. We are a good team. We know, whether it's Denmark or anybody else, okay, maybe Copenhagen was the exception yep. a couple of months ago. But if, if you to beat Scotland, you need to play well. And we've now got ourselves in a situation where, like Barry said, Barry expects us to win tonight. Billy Hockey says he expects us to win. That's the situation we've got ourselves in now that we expect to go and win games. It wasn't like that two, three, four years ago. But it's like that now. And that's a credit to Steve Clark sometimes he's understated sometimes in the media it can be a bit frustrating he doesn't really give you great headlines great sound bites he's very but what he says is measured and there's a thought process and there's meaning to, to what he says you know he's understated but he delivers he's delivered the Euros and he's now delivered the World Cup playoffs yeah, you, you look at that team you've got some top quality individuals I mean Craig Gordon for me top class goalkeeper wow. he's Kieran getting better Tierney, isn't he Kieran Tierney yeah. Andy Robertson Callum McGregor, Billy Gilmer, John McGinn. They're top players. They're top players. And we, we, we've got a right good team. Um, we shouldn't fear anybody at this moment in time because the confidence has clearly flown through the guys. And as I said, you go away to places like Moldova last Friday, horrible places to go. But I just thought it was a real professional performance, which we dominated. We could have scored more goals, which... Probably Stevie Clark may be disappointed. And, but listen, it's a good win and I think we'll carry that on tonight. You mentioned, Mark, about that game against Denmark when it was all going Pete Tong and the manager's spoken about it. it was obviously, there was a period in the first half and it was, a, it was quite a short period, actually, when you look, at, when you look back at the game and analyse the game, it was quite a short period. Uh, I actually pointed out to the players that between the first and second goals was less than 30 seconds. If you take out all the celebrations and go back just to the, when we kicked off, Conceded possession, they scored again almost immediately. So it was a crazy, it was a crazy little spell where we lost our composure. I think we've learned from it, and hopefully we can show that on Monday night. And we did learn from it. That was the thing, Barry, wasn't it? You're smiling because you know we that we were we were rubbish for a while that night. In that yeah. short period, I, I'll but, be honest. I, I, everybody in here, I was watching the game, and I'm thinking to myself, I think it was 20. I looked at the clock, 20 minutes were two 0 down. We were getting absolute battered. Um, but credit. Listen, they, they got to half-time. He made a couple of changes tactically and it was better. But see, since that game, obviously hurt the players. Mm. The next day in the media, they get a bit of criticism. But listen, that's what happens when you, you don't perform. But credit to the players. They've come back flying. Um, and they go to Austria, get a brilliant ah, yeah, result yeah. in Austria. And see, at any level, to get five victories, but especially at an international yeah. level yeah. in a row, is brilliant. Yeah. I tell you, it's well worth yeah. Modernisation, VAR has played a good part for Scotland. Yeah. You know, and by the way, it's, I'm not saying it's actually done Scotland a favour. It's only coming up with the correct decision. But VAR has played the correct part in, in, in Scotland getting to where they are just now. And don't overlook uh, that. So, 
they're plenty of half have been involved. And it's funny, even the other night, the first goal, we thought, that's a goal. Yeah. But it wasn't. Mm. VAR uh, absolutely got it right. Big week at Hamden. We're going to be there on Saturday. Celtic against St. Johnson and Sunday. Rangers against Hibs. And who is going to be the manager? Is it Giovanni van Bronckhurst? The club today, there's a kind of cryptic message that uh, Gio has been spoken to. Um, it's not Frank Lampard, but two other names. And they're saying not necessarily anyone who's been quoted so far. Mm. Mark, you're a veteran of reporting. It's it, for me, it's veteran. Yeah. I love that word. <laughs> I think... It's Paul, you know, what yep. you would say in the business is a, a holding statement mm -hmm. just to, to, to kind of stop the media and stop the fact, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on. Mm -hmm. Here you are, this is what's happening. Here you are. Good thing about Rangers is they've given their supporters and the media an update. Now, of course, what the Rangers fans want is seeing Giovanni Van Bronckhurst mm -hmm. on the pitch at Ibrox holding up the scarf on the marble staircase. But that's not at that stage yet. But we do think it's progre progressing nicely. And the sooner it's over the line the better because it's just about sorting things out with Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, his backroom staff, his budgets, his contracts. And in terms of his own personal contract, you know, salary, etc., that'll be not the most important thing. It'll be about what what he can do at Rangers. Bigger picture. Looking at what he's able to do at the football club. Where are we as a football club? What can I do with my backroom staff? Who am I allowed to bring in? Do I need to inherit people or can I, you know, all those kind of questions that, that come in that's why it takes a bit of time it's not just like it's not just like sitting down and agreeing that oh, it's 20 grand a week and a million pound bonus if you win the league it's the, that's it's all the wee nuts and bolts um, round about it but I think it's important to get Giovanni Van Bronckhorst in as quickly as possible because like I said it's the most lucrative six months in, in, in Rangers history um, coming up for any club in Scottish football the most lucrative six months ahead that, that'll be the last thing in Gio's mind about his salary. That'll be the last thing he'll, he'll want to talk about. He'll just want guarantees in terms of can he keep this squad together, which is important for me that you keep this squad together until at least the summer. Because um, if you look at it, I think it's a, an attractive job. It's a great job and I think they've got a right good squad there. David McCallum, Brian Gilmer, Colin Stewart, the goalkeeping coach, and Jermaine Defoe are in charge of training. How difficult is that for them to step on today to training with Rangers when but they've not been involved in the first team, apart from Jermaine Defoe? Yeah, it will be difficult, but I'm sure the, the players will try and be professional, whatever they, they put on, they, whatever session they put on, I'm, I'm sure they gave it everything. But the, the players will be wanting to see a new manager in place. Yeah. They'll want to see the new co coaching staff in place. Um, and it needs to be done as quickly as possible because I said this is a massive six or seven weeks leading up until the, the winter break and it's important that they get it sorted as quickly as possible. See, Dean Smith is back in employment. He's only been out of work for, what, a week and a day <laughs> at Norwich City. How things change, Barry? I keep thinking he was 50 a couple of weeks ago celebrating it, you know, doing well at Villa and then it went wrong football. It changes so quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, listen, it's a results-driven business. If you don't get results, you get sacked. Um, but I think it's a, a good job for him to, to get. Um, he's had the experience of getting promoted um, out of the Championship. He's got the experience of keeping Aston Villa in the Premier League. And that's why I think Norwich have, have went for Dean Smith. And you said in the last uh, hour and a half, you reckon even more coming for John McGinn under Stephen Gerrard yeah but look I'm sure John McGinn will be excited with Stephen Gerrard coming in because um, he was a, a top midfielder and he wanted to pick his brains and also you've got Gary Mack there as well mm -hmm. who was a, a top midfielder but I'm sure he'll, John McGinn will be one player he'll want to build his team round about 
mark some of the headlines at home at the weekend great win for Partick Thistle it continues yeah. and Kilmarnock and our own Chris Burke played yeah. brilliantly yep. on Saturday in their victory yeah man in a match performance uh, against Morton um, you know, it, it was terrific uh, Chris Burke and yeah, he's, he's so humble as well he just plays it yep. down you can just tell he's at that age I think was he 37 just loving his football savouring every moment but he's not in Tommy Knight's team as a sympathy vote he's there because he deserves it he's talked about how he's had to rejig his schedule he gets a Monday off etc etc so no he's doing well and, and Patrick Thistle under Ian McCall going well I just I hope that Stuart Taylor can get things going at Hamilton Stewart's a really good coach I like Stuart a lot of time from good person bad loss the game. yeah it's weekend. a real bad one to, yep. to Wraith Rovers so um, Hamilton Ackies need to get, get themselves going um, quickly but it's a right good like I've said in the programme it's yep. good Paul it's a right good league the championship as is league one Barry's league as well that's a fascinating um, situation going on there too sure is Barry for you a draw at the weekend draw I for you weren't going to mention not, well not much tonight because we're running out of time draw for Queen's Park as well and yeah. uh, Airdrie yeah, yeah doing they're, well yep yeah, Airdrie are uh, listen we played Airdrie a yep. couple of weeks ago very good team they're, they're flying high we managed to beat them just disappointed yep. we're 2-0 up and then we, we can see that a deflected goal and I thought we could have seen the game out a lot better I was disappointed angry frustrated after the game Um but look, it's football, it's how you, you get back. You need to dust yourself down as quickly as possible. What's your next game? Next game's Dumbarton at, at home. Um, so, another tough... Look, every game, Mark's sure. right, every game in this league's tough. Anybody could beat anybody. It doesn't matter if you're bottom of the league playing top mm. of the league. Um, as you've seen with the results over the last three or four mm. weeks. A minute to go. Let's go back to Hamden. Joe, the scene we see the players have just been out in the last few minutes, track suits on. Uh, it's going to be some night tonight. What do you reckon's going to happen? 1-0 Scotland for me. It's got to be a Scotland win. I think a full Hamden Park. It's a Monday night. This place is sold out. It's going to be absolutely bouncing. Um, and I think that will be the difference tonight. I think you'll you'll really see um, the, the hunger and the desire in the Scotland team. We're this close now um, to getting this seeded position. It's all right in front of us. So, yeah, it's uh, and it's a good it's a good team. Like you guys have been saying already, we have got a, a good team of players here. Joe, you tell him. I see a bit of ABBA in the background now there, the super trooper, because they mentioned Glasgow and is that why that's on Barry Listen. as well? What's happening in the dressing room just now, Barry? 45 minutes to go. Yeah, they're, they're, they'll be going out for their, their warm-up soon. Um, you, well, we can hear the cheers. Yeah, I come. think that's him just coming out just now. Right, yeah, they'll, okay, be, they'll, they'll be fully focused. There's no doubt about it. And as I said, listen, confidence in football is massive. And this group of players are now confidence is, is sky high and they'll go out there with the belief that they can beat the Dens Barry thanks so much we'll see you Wednesday Mark we'll see you later in the week good luck Scotland tonight Scotland against Denmark is uh, coming up in 45 minutes the news is next the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda Toyota Ford Seat and more let's go go where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees, they even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.